Welcome to the Eastern Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Grady Hashi. As you take a look at the logo behind me, um, this is a new podcast. It's formerly known as Racing Around the Maritimes. I wanted to get this thing started here this year as Racing in the Maritimes is just getting going here um, with Truro Raceway starting off the season tonight and Charlottetown Driving Park tomorrow night. So we're looking at the start of racing season here this weekend. Um, this podcast is basically going to be the same format as it was uh, last year with racing around the Maritimes. We'll talk about a little bit of news at the start, you know, uh, just get into that stuff and then we'll do some handicapping, which is what I like to do uh, most. But uh, we'll start it off with talking about some news. Uh, there has been a purse increase by 80% on all races in the province of New Brunswick. Horse Racing New Brunswick announced earlier in the week that they have increased the purses by the previously mentioned 80%. That is a very big increase um, for them. So the maiden class will go from going for a purse of $1,000 to a purse of $1,800. So there will be 11 race dates in New Brunswick this year, 10 at Exhibition Park Raceway in St. John, and also one at Connell Park Raceway in Woodstock. So that's very big news for New Brunswick horsemen. Very excited about that. We'll see how that plays out. Um... On to next, we're going to talk about uh, Red Shores announced a pick four being added, a second pick four. The success of the pick four on their wagering menu last year uh, was very large, and they decided to add another one. Uh, so they'll have an early pick four and a late pick four, and both pick fours will go for an industry low 15% takeout. So that is very good value for horse players. Uh, very excited about that, and they obviously brought back their jackpot high five with the low takeout of 15%. So the wagering menu at Red Shore is just getting better and better and uh, favoring the handicappers and the horse players uh, greatly. So I expect that to really help their handle um, compared to other tracks in the country. Uh, they're already handling an average of about 50,000 to 100,000 a night. Um, so I expect that to go up uh, a fair bit. Um, Everybody at Red Shore is doing a great job with that, and that just makes the racing more exciting. Um, so the new wagering menu at Red Shores is great. I'm going to talk about some news outside the Maritimes, and I was uh, it's unfortunate I wasn't able to get any really good news outside the Maritimes. Um, a couple things here is Monty Mickey, the three-year-old, highly anticipated three-year-old coming into this season, has been retired due to injury. Uh, as I do not know the details of said injury, but I do know that he has been retired. Um, the Santa Rica Canada and U.S. Trotting both published links to um, it, uh, both published stories, that is, uh, to it. So very unfortunate to have the top three-year-old going into this year on the Grand Circuit be retired as he is being retired to stud duty. It did not say where he will be standing stud, um, but obviously he's a son of always being Mickey with a record of sub 50. So he's obviously going to get a place um, that expects him to produce um, and that has a great breeding program. Another news out of the States is that in New York is Vernon Downs in New York is now under quarantine due to EHV1 virus outbreak as that is equine herpes virus uh, for horses, obviously. And uh, two horses were caught it and they took them to study and they tested positive for EHV and now the whole backstretch at Vernon Downs is under quarantine so racing has been cancelled uh, for at least the next two weeks so very good kudos to Vernon Downs um, for taking that precaution uh, with the horses um, as this is a very very contagious virus for horses 
Um, so it's very good for them to really caring about their horse care. Good on them. So we're going to get into some handicapping here. I got some things ready and loaded up. We're going to start off with Tour Raceway. So we'll click in here on their program. We're going to be handicapping their pick five going from races three through seven as we got the program loaded up and we'll just scroll down here into uh, race number three as that starts off. And in race three, uh, this is an all single uh, leg for me. And I went to uh, the four Brookdale gym in here, as you see right there, Brookdale gym. Uh, you know, this field was kind of one that I was looking at a bit. I was kind of leaning towards the two Whistling Cricket, but then I realized that uh, its last three starts last year, it hadn't gone free-legged, and in its qualifier, it didn't go free-legged either, and now she is going free-legged. So that was a little bit of a throw-off for me. Obviously, I expect the connections to know what they're doing, but I'm just not sure. Going from two on a half-mile track, she's going to have to fire out and you know no hobbles on on a half just you know it it i just don't quite trust it um and if you look at here the four brookdale gym here for pooker mccullum uh this horse hat was beating whistling cricket um in almost every start last year they were roughly at the same class for most of their starts and so i thought um brookdale gym appeared to be the better horse um in there so he did take a record of 58 flat over Truro last year in May 5 grand so he's a nice old horse here and qualified good over a fast track in 2-5-1 with a closing quarter of 29-4 where he finished third beaten by only two lengths so this son of articulator I'm going to lean on him in the first leg of the pick four tonight at Truro race number one force in race number four the second leg I could not go against big engine he is qualified so strong here as you look a 59-4 qualifying win and then a 57 and 3 qualifying win that one was the last quarter 28 and 3 for owner trainer driver evan wilson um, last year the horse was racing up in the winners over class and the higher up classes uh, earlier on last year he had a fair bit of success where he took a record of 157 there um, through 21 starts last year four wins four seconds and five thirds and over five thousand dollars made i think that he is unbeatable you're definitely not going to get a price on that one i think him he should be going to the gate around one to nine, so definitely no value on that one, unfortunately. But I just could not go against him with the rail. I thought he's practically unbeatable. On to leg three now, and leg three, another one where I don't think you're going to get any value. And I went with the three Woodmere Denver. This three-year-old son of Pang Shui, I'm expecting to be a top contender in the three-year-old Colt ranks on the stakes circuit this year in the Maritimes. As he did race in some stakes action here, as you look, Atlantic Sire Stakes A Division, PEI Colt Stakes, Joe O'Brien Golds, Atlantic Breeders Crown Constellation, uh, Maritime Breeders Final, that one he was scratched in, um, but he came back good, he qualified, where he was a winner in 2-1-1 one, one with a closing quarter of 30 seconds. Trainer driver, Danny Romo, very accomplished horseman in the Maritimes, a Maritime legend. Um, does the conditioning and the driving on this one, as I mentioned, and I just think that this horse should be a real good one coming into this year uh, on the stake circuit and I think that he's gonna kick off the season with a win here tonight that's the three Woodmere Denver and on to the leg number four pardon me this is a pick five I believe I did not say that this is a pick five not a pick four um, apologies 
and uh, in leg four here, I went all the way down the card to the seven lively Freddy here for driver Todd Trites and trainer George Renison. He qualified good where he was third in two minutes and three fifths with a closing quarter of 30 and two right there. Last year, he, he raced well, took a record of 159 and four over Truro there. Uh, he's a Truro regular and uh, he gets into this class that he's very familiar with being the optional 45 claimers as he does have a claiming price of 5000 on him tonight. You know, I just, uh, he's a classy old chestnut uh, nine-year-old so he knows his way around the racetrack so I put him on top in this uh, field that I thought that there was a couple that might be able to get it. Uh, one of them being Arizona Bucks but I here the one Arizona Bucks but I did land on the seven being Lively Freddy. And in leg five, it is the featured pace of the night at Truro tonight. That is the winners over 1,000 last five starts. Only a short field of five. And I landed on the five binds to heaven as a new acquisition for George Renison there. Um, he was racing at Renault Carlton in Ottawa there and showing some good miles through the winter with over tracks with the two second variant, one second variant. Uh, as he did pick up a win over a one second variant in 153 and three. Uh, with uh, Samuel Filion in the bike there. He comes to Truro um, and off a race at Rideau in a 25 claim race where he was 8th charted in 154 and 329-3 in the closing quarter. In this short field of 5, I thought that it was up between him and his stable mate here, American Risk. American Risk raced really well at Truro last year um, and was in the top class consistently. But I think this new acquisition vines to heaven uh, this Bay Mare by Rock and Roll Heaven will be able to get the job done here uh, for driver Darren Crow. So that's the pick five there for Truro Raceway. We're now going to move on to some handicapping for Red Shore Charlotte Towns. We're going to kick it off with the pick four, the early pick four, with the previously mentioned low 15% takeout, as that is going to start in race number two and go from races two through five. Uh, I also will be doing the jackpot high five, uh, the super high five, pardon me, um, in race five. So the, these two wagers uh, cross over with each other. So in the early pick four, I landed on the five Prince Hal. I thought that he appeared to be the most experienced in the field with eight starts in here. Gets Brody McPhee for trainer Earl Smith um, for owners next generation stable. He showed some, they tried him in some stake races here. Uh, didn't really show much except for in a Joe O'Brien grassroots on October 2nd last year. He was second, beaten by two and a quarter lengths in two minutes and a fifth with a closing quarter of 30 and one. I think that this cold should come back good. In this field, I really didn't know what to go with. It's a you know small group of young horses. A lot of them haven't had that many starts. As you look, you know, no starts, four starts, four starts, and then uh, the top one that isn't in frame right now. Uh, has only had uh, seven starts and I thought that it really for me it was between the two and the five I know it looks pretty chalky but I really in these young horse races it's hard to find any kind of value at all so that is why I landed on the five being Prince Howe for Brody McPhee. In leg number two I went to 
two horses in this next one, and I went to the eight, way out on the outside, Mystical Gal, and I went to the seven, also on the outside, Salzburg Ocean. Uh, Mystical Gal in here, I thought, uh, really shouldn't have an eight to one morning line price, but if they're gonna bet her that way, then you're gonna get some value out of this one for trainer Nick Oaks and driver Jason Hughes. Uh, qualified over there on a sloppy track where she was fourth, beaten by five lengths in two six and one with a closing quarter of 29 and four. Last year, you look down her line, she was competing in some stake races, made 12 starts with two wins, three seconds, and one third, and over $13,000 made. Uh, her last start last year, she was third in the Atlantic Breeders' Crown Constellation, charted in 158-3 and three with a closing quarter of 29-4 and four in there. She tried to start for that. She tried it in Lady Slipper Gold, where she was fifth. Uh, she was picking up checks against the best fillies in the Maritimes, and, the, and I think that this daughter, Pang Shui, even with the eight side post position eight, should be able to get the job done. And uh, but you know the the one right to the inside of her here Salzburg Ocean I thought was one that was a major threat um, in this one as she does have a record of 154 and one taken as a three year old over Charlottetown so she knows how to get around this track uh, she spent some time in Ontario last season there um, but has recently been brought back to the Maritimes. Uh, her last start in Ontario was on January 23rd, where she was 6th at Flamborough Downs on a cold night, only 1 degree Fahrenheit there in a mile of 159 and 2, 30 and 1 in the closing quarter. Qualified good in 159 and 1 with a closing quarter of 29 and 2 over at Summerside there. Um, so she's looking like a real threat, but I, I thought that you had to include uh, the eight mystical gallon here is obviously Salzburg Ocean. Looks like the choice of the race being five to two on the morning line. But I thought mystical gal, if they're gonna bet her like she's eight to one, then you're gonna get some value on a horse that really could get the job done if she gets the right trip, even from post position eight. So that is why I went with the seven Salzburg Ocean and the eight mystical gal. On to leg number three, and I went with the rail horse here in leg three. This is a good group of young colts here um for non-winners of two it's a very good group of colts and here's a field of eight uh all maritime uh sired um so and i went with the rail sitter here roll of hotty toddy i thought it was between him and then number six brumby who's not on the screen they qualified together uh brumby was actually the, the winner of the qualifier in two minutes and four fifths over a sloppy track with a three second variant there, as you see right here. Um, but Roll Hotty Toddy gets the Maritime Magic Man, Jill Berrio, on the bike tomorrow night there. And I thought that he's going to be a real good colt. He ended last year with a bang, winning a division of the Maritime Breeders in 157, where he was able to cut the numbers, where he went from the rail. That is what really uh, was appealing to me uh, for this one. And, you know, he does show a third-place finish down his lines in 155-2 and two as a two-year-old. That's a big mile there he last year through 11 starts he had two wins one second and five thirds with over 22,000 made uh, for trainer Trevor Hicken he also is the co-owner along with Todd and Trish Hardy but Jill Berrio on the bike and getting the rail with the horse that appears to like to cut it as both wins on his lines there show where he led the whole way so I really like that about him so I, that is why I went with the one roll with Hottie Toddy that is a single there and I also singled in the last leg here, which will cross over with the super high five, the 20 cent super high five. I'll get into that in a second, but uh, I'll start with uh, who I want to round out the early pick for. And that is the one being Mermaid Magic here. 
this three-year-old daughter of Big Jim was in some stake races last year, set a record of 155-4 and four as a two-year-old, which in the Maritimes is getting more and more common than it used to be. But really, that is still a big mile. That was actually a track record mile on that day. Uh, start after that, she was fit, didn't look good, made a bobble on the back stretch, but then it appears that she came back good here, qualified over a sloppy track with a four-second variant in 205 and two, with a closing quarter of 30 and one there. Uh, Tom Weatherby trained Mark Bradley drives last year. She had mainly Brody McPhee, but as you see, he is on a different horse, and Mark Bradley is on this Mermaid Magic filly. Uh, she is a really nice filly, and I expect her to be able to cut the numbers and go all the way in that one to round out the pick four. And obviously, this is the race with the Super High Five, the 20 Cent Super High Five, so I might as well get right into that, and we're going to start with uh, my number two choice in here, and that is the six Miami Sealster as David Dowling for trainer Colin Johnson. Miami Sealster, I thought, was a real major player in this one uh, to get the to uh, get the second uh, in here, um, but uh, you know, la she qualified good in two six and two thirty one and two in the closing quarter over four second variant. Um, other. And, uh, you know, I think that you got to consider her as a real threat. I expect her to leave out hard, but I think that Mermaid Magic is going to be much the best uh, for this Miami Sealster horse. Um, so I put Miami Sealster for second. Now, this is where we might get a little bit of value in the super high five, and that I went with the two. Good luck, Kathy, here for driver Brody McPhee. Uh, she's 8-1 to one in the morning line, so like I said, maybe a touch of value. She qualified good over a four-second variant in 204 and one with a closing quarter of 31 seconds flat. Was beaten by 15 lengths. Not much to worry about in a qualifier, really. Um, but last year was competitive at this class. As, you know, this is the non-winners at 851s, and she was showing uh, lines in the non-winners of 1050, 1001s, non-winners of 1501s. So she has experience in roughly this kind of class, and I think this is a great class for her, and I expect her to be able to trip out behind the one Mermaid Magic. Um, so I really think that this veteran 12-year-old mare by Believe in Bruiser is going to be able to get a good trip and get there for the show dough. So for fourth in this super high five, I went to the four right there. Jay's Little Spark, as I'll scroll down a little bit to get a better view of Jay's Little Spark here. For trainer Greg McKinnis, driver Dale Spence in there. Uh, last year, uh, raced pretty well, raced all the way up to the end of the year, um, all, end of the season, as I guess they raced into uh, the first month of January. And on January 31st, she was fourth. She picked up checks in the majority of her races um, and gets a good post position going from post position four. That is a good post position on a half mile track. Should, should be able to trip out and uh, get a good piece of it there. Um, so I put this 10-year-old uh, mare by Ama Canadian now in there for fourth. And for fifth, I went to the 7 Elm Grove Misty. I thought that there was two horses that I don't think could get in the ticket, and that was the three catch a few rays and the five Windermere No Harm Done. So I was only left with one horse left to put in, and that was Elm Grove Misty for owner, trainer, and driver Dave Kelly. There's uh, She qualified in 2-5-4 and four, over a four-second variant with 31-1 and one in closing quarter. Start before that was... And last start uh, on January 31st was fourth. She she was racing up the non-winners at 10 on 1s, and she does get into the non-winners at 8.51s, which should be a really good spot for her. Uh, does get the outside, but I think that, uh, that she should be able to get there and pick up the last piece of the check. So that is my picks for the Maritime Racing, and I 
decided to do a little outside picks. This is going to be a weekly thing. I'll do the top three in a race outside of the Maritimes. And I went with the $150,000 Dexter Cup at Freehold Raceway as we'll scroll in here. And here we go. We got the Dexter Cup field right here. It's a little skinny, uh, the image, but um, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do in here. Um, and this Dexter Cup is for the three-year-old uh, trotting colts and geldings. Uh, this is the first stake on the road to the Hamiltonian. So very exciting there uh, for Freehold uh, having the Dexter Cup. And uh, we're going to go with the six in here, Pretender. It's a Nancy Tactor train, which is hard to go against. And Yannick Jingra will get the drive. He set a lifetime best in his qualifier this year in 154. There, it's a little blurry for me. I can't imagine how blurry it is for those of you watching on YouTube. Um, but I really like that line. Uh, and start before that, there last year, he was a, a winner in 156 and one. Uh, so I think that Nancy Tactor's got this Colt in the right shape, as she always does. And um, I'm going to put him on top. That is Pretender. For a second, I went to the Seven Justice. And Aki Svonsted, trained and driven. And Aki's trotters are always top-notch trotters, as he was able to win the Hamiltonian last year with Captain Corey. And I think that this Justice horse is going to be a very solid contender. Um, he made a couple of qualifiers. Uh, to kick off the season, um, the first one was a win in 154 and two. Second one there was was a fifth place finish in 156 and one. Um, so that is uh, some good qualifiers on him there. He was able to uh, wasn't able to win the New York Sire Six final, but won three legs in a row down there last year at Yonkers, Tioga, and Saratoga, where he went in 155-4 and four over at Tioga Downs. That's a 5 ace, but that's still, regardless, a good mile for a two-year-old trotter. But he turns three, makes his first start in here. He should be able to follow Pretender. Um, Aki's a f very aggressive driver, and um, so I expect him uh, to be able to get into the ticket there for second. And for third, I thought that this was a bit of a weird one for third, but I went to the one pay Mac. I couldn't decide on one. Like I said, I thought it was a weird, I had a hard time picking. I thought it was a little bit of a weird race for who's going to get through because I thought the first two were guarantees. Um, but I ended up landing on the rail horse here, pay Mac for trainer Julie Miller and driver Annie Miller. Um, was in some stake races last year, was in the Weiss uh, there this year um, at uh, Mohegan Sun at Pocono Downs there where he won a division of that in 157 and won. He was fifth in the final of that in 155 and four. I think that if he can get a solid trip um, in here, you know, I just thought that where he has had the starts uh, this year and even has a win on his line this season, I thought that he was very much uh, one to con consider. Um, so I put him in for third. That is the one pay Mac. Well, that concludes our episode. I thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, I thank you for listening. If you're listening on Spotify, um, expect weekly episodes um, of the lowest budget harness racing podcast in the world, the Eastern Racing Podcast. Um, you know, just having some fun. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I really do appreciate you for listening. Please subscribe on YouTube and uh, please keep listening uh, on Spotify. That is so greatly appreciated. Thanks.